0: Hello and welcome to the Hiring Enablement Podcast. My name is Gavin Spears, CEO of Solution Driven, a global recruiting partner that guarantees right first-time hiring. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how TE functions can give a true ROI back to organisations, because we see in many situations TE teams being measured purely on hires, but it's important to really measure the true business impact and an ROI. I'm delighted to be joined by Dan Keynes, Dan is a seasoned TA leader, having been in recruitment since, I think, 1999 and in-house since 2001. He's worked across many sectors, media, IT, consulting, business services and medtech, and is currently the global head of TA at Nortel. Dan has had many successes throughout his career, but really enjoyed being part of a cutting-edge team at Sky, and in fact still utilises the things that he learned today from that experience, as well as setting up a TA function from scratch, that supported the company that he was working with, grow from 300 to, I think, 1,600 people in, in two years. Out with the day job, Dan is an officer in the cadet forces, very fitness-focused, and also a TA geek, as well as getting getting back into hill-walking and, and climbing where he lives in Scotland. So, Dan, delighted to have
1: you part of the podcast. Thanks for having me, Gavin.
0: No, good, no no issue at all. So I think we'll, we'll jump in. I mean, I think I said at the start, we're, today we're going to talk about the, the ROI of TA teams and really making sure that the business sees the true impact a TA organisation and function can, can bring. Maybe, maybe to start with, you know, in your experience, why do you think some organisations struggle to get that alignment from, you know, what TA are doing to the business goals and therefore how do we show the
1: true ROI of, of TA? I think um, when you look at it, TA, the, the fault sort of lies on two sides. So one business tend to look at recruitment as a as a short-term need so we don't if you look at a yep. balance sheet for example if you suddenly go to recruit then people go how do we save agency fees what we bring in-house recruiters in we don't need to recruit anymore we let them go but yep. then on the ta side and um, i think we're traditionally very bad at speaking business language we tend to think inside out rather than outside in yeah uh, And I think because of that, we don't really start to, we lose that commercial edge. And and actually, when you look at most organizations, without sales and without people, they have no business. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think TA look at it that way. And I think, unfortunately, we spend too much time complaining about planning and why things can't happen rather than start to think commercially about how they can and what benefit it gives gives to a business.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, excellent. Super. And I think just linking into that, I mean, I know there's many TE teams that talk about we want to be more proactive, but in your experience, how how do companies transition from that kind of reactive TA to a more
1: progressive and proactive TA function? Um, it goes a number of ways. Ideally, we would all have perfect strategic workforce plans and resource plans and TA would know what's coming three to six months in advance. Every organisation I've gone into, doesn't have that perfect right it's varying degrees of that flavor um, but if you walk into most organizations and like i've worked for startups consulting firms where actually they don't really know what's coming because it's dependent on what's going to hit them next mm-hmm. so the best way to do it is to start again thinking commercially so whether you're a ta business partner so a physical recruiter or a ta leader you need to be looking at what's the pulse of the business where is it going what's going to impact headcount either positively or negatively and therefore, what do I start need to start doing to help enable that? Yeah. So what do you mean by that? I'm, I'm lucky I work in a consulting firm. So in really simple terms, we put people on the ground with a client to deliver a project. We either get paid per person that's in the project or we get paid for the project on delivery. Mm-hmm. So you can really hardline that. So I can get a plan. Um, I can look at it. And even if it's vague, we can start to almost retrofit it. So we can look at what typically gets hired for that project and then start to build proactively. Are we there yet with my current organization? Not yet, but we're getting there. I think for other organizations, it's about taking a pragmatic approach. So are you gonna the perfect plan? Let's kill that myth. No, you're not. Yep. Um, you know what the attrition is in your company you know what you typically hire and you can build this picture of what i call core hiring so what is your 60 to 80 percent of hires you do in a company or within that division so if you're in it what sort of software engineers or test engineers you're doing and therefore start to build pipelines where where you turn those pipelines into talent communities so actually you're speaking to candidates you're engaging with them they might not have a job you might not have a job to give them but you're yeah. keeping that pipeline going and there's going to be attrition in that pipeline you need to accept it you need to build resilience on that yep. um, but if you've got those pipelines ready as soon as manager goes right i'm looking for a java developer unfortunately java developers get mentioned a lot with me um yeah. then uh, then you go in with three profiles into the intake meet and you go do they meet do they meet your needs all of a sudden your four to six week hiring process has just dropped down to three or two to three weeks Uh, that's the utopia and that's what you can do but you need to have a commercial head on your shoulders that says what have we done before and how is that going to impact the future Mm
0: -hmm. excellent really really good i think the other area i know you're passionate about is the the kind of setting ambitious targets and, and tangible results it's more around what can be done rather than what can't be done so how do you when you when you join an organization how do you start kind of changing that mindset and also how do
1: you set you know the the true expectation of what TA can achieve i think here the one thing i've learned you've got to be ambitious you can't be incremental target orientated and i'm not going to lie here in here in nortel we had a time to fill so roll open to offer accept and we ran about 9 8 to 9 weeks at christmas time and i said this isn't acceptable so i've set a target but for our core hires anyway yeah. of 2 weeks and everyone looked at me like i was mental right But with much effort, we're down to 3.6 weeks already. But if I'd said, right, we need to do this in five weeks, we wouldn't have been at 3.6 weeks now. So the whole idea is, um, and it may may sound a bit tough when I say this, but you've got to get the psyche changed. And you don't do that without driving an element of pressure. And I'm not talking about me being an ass and making things worse. For people, far from it. You've got to give them enablement but it's about giving them an ambitious goal to hit. If you give someone something ambitious to hit and TA people are delivery focused, right? They're going to, no matter what, they're going to start talking about it. It's going to be, how do we get to that rather than why not? Because at the end of the day, you've set a goal. You're telling them the goal's not moving. You've told them that the board now know about this goal. Mm -hmm. So we've got to do it, right? How do we do it? And I think in TA, we can be, and I know broad brush statements here, we can be a bit of, we can't do that because, and to quote the old Carol Dweck situation, you need to go into a sort of growth mindset of, right, I know it's challenging. How do we do it? Yeah. Yeah. Very um, valid. I mean, the only, the only way you get to that point is by setting that ambitious goal. Um, and therefore people have to start thinking about how they, how they crack that nut. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I read something this week and it was so simple, but
0: very kind of eye opening. It was around, <clears throat> if nothing changes, nothing changes. Right. And I, and I think, you know, to your point, you know, getting in and, and setting, you know, the, the right line on here's where we need to be, because you're right, you know, taking that nine weeks to 3.6, if the goal was five, you would have achieved 5.2. do You know, whereas, you know, getting the spot on, what about, I mean, again, I know that you are very data and metrics focused. Um, I, I, you know, how do you, again, embed that into an organisation? And what is the the data points that, that drive you most and how do you kind of build your your data suite
1: um so that can be a tough one from one organization to a next so mm-hmm. if i think about norto when i came in um we had one ats that was such a mess because everything was so country aligned and so different and so siloed that everyone did their own thing differently so i had nine different mm-hmm. flavors of the same process so you can imagine me trying to data from that i had veins crawling up side of my head yeah um, so, I think that the first thing when it comes to data, and hopefully this isn't too wordy, you need to make sure your processes are pretty well defined. They don't have to be perfect, they don't all have to be the same. But even if you've got sort of almost swim lanes of right, that type of recruitment does that, that type of recruitment does that, and so on and so on, um, you can start to measure that data. Now, unfortunately, a lot of applicant tracking systems don't give you advanced data. The data sitting there, So you need to strap on something to the front of it, like a Power BI or a Tableau, whatever. Um, And then you need to understand what data makes a difference. Now, I go back to my first comment. You really need to start thinking outside in here. Lots of DA functions start measuring agency reliance, right? I don't measure that, right? I don't measure. Lots of uh, lots of in-house functions will start measuring other things as well that make no difference to the business whatsoever. So let's be really straight in my head: what makes a difference to the business? Speed of hire, yep. quality of hire, yep. um, and then finally, because whether you like it or not, it's going to come up. and That's cost per hire, right? So mm-hmm. there's three things that make a difference to a business. Um, then you can add on other things into this. And one of the things I'm looking at at the moment, and I'm working here, is what is our impact on the bottom line? So if if we hire too slow, and I'm not just talking TA here, if the hiring manager is not effective, and we hire too slow, what's the financial leakage from that? What's the revenue leakage? Yeah. Uh, if we hire quick, in the opposite way, what revenue have we made the business? Yeah. And, we, and, and when you come back to gathering that data, you you need to work with your business to make sure they've got strong data points as well. So they've got mm-hmm. systems that, that record this. And it's not always the case. When you work to small to medium organizations, their data can be pretty rudimentary. Um, So it's about understanding what you can conquer first and then influencing the business about what they can feed you in the sense of data. But that data needs to be clear. It needs to be business language. um, And it also needs to help TA and the business reverse engineer when things go wrong. So it takes away blame, it takes away emotion. So I'm coming to you as the hiring manager, Gavin, and saying, right, this isn't working. Here's the data behind it. I've looked at it here's some potential solutions what do you think let's discuss excellent good and you mentioned
0: culture there i mean i guess i was about to, to ask you that but you know how do you foster that kind of really collaborative partnership culture with a hiring population and, and get the ta function almost seen as true business partners rather than you know the, the kind of you know the the external internal supplier type
1: relationship uh let me be straight uh, here this I think because of the way TA and the business operate traditionally, a lot of organisations this is an ongoing discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I, I really oversimplify. It. If I go back to data, right? You yeah. need to go to them with facts, with figures, especially if you're recruiting in IT in these sorts of areas. Mm-hmm. They, they don't talk about. I they don't. They don't care about the recruiter bleating about the fact that none of these purple squirrels are on the market because you want a Java developer and a Superman tester all in the one. Yeah. Well, they don't care right they, they really don't care their attitude is just get it I don't care it's not my problem and okay. um, so actually what you've got to do is you've got to change that dynamic from master slave and you only do that by again and I have said this a lot speak their language use facts use data stop the emotion you've got to come in at it as if they're dealing with a project when you plan a piece of recruitment or have a discussion you're no longer talking about, right, just do interviews this day, just do interviews. No, forget that. It's a project yeah. plan. Think about it yeah. delivery. Forget someone good, move on. Do you know what I mean? And actually yeah. start to start to work the same way as the business and they'll take you more seriously. Now there's one crucial element to this that we can't forget. We're in TA. If you've not recruited anyone, you've not delivered anyone, none of that means a thing. You've got to build your credibility by delivering. Yeah. So sometimes you're gonna to have to cut your cloth in a fairly rough way. But then once mm-hmm. you've done that, you can sharpen it up. And the key thing is about um there's an attitude thing when it comes to this master slave thing in recruitment. We've got this habit of they could outsource us any moment, right? They could outsource us any moment or yes, master, yeah. I'll do this. And there's no yeah. there's no data. We need to change this, right? If mm. I think even 10 years ago when I was a TA business partner. Um, in fact more than that that's scary show my age <laughs> um, right? the, the things they did was i talked at their level yeah i wasn't scared of them or i had falling outs with them and some days i walked home with my head in my hands thinking why did i do that but yeah. um but i wasn't scared of them and i built such good relationships with them they took me seriously so if they came to me and said right we're thinking about this campaign they come up with mad ideas managers do because everyone knows recruitment right yeah. um and i'm set yeah. there what? <laughs> it's so, but then I'm able to have that conversation with them and start talking around. Right? Okay, maybe not that extreme, but here's an option for you that we can do, and mm. then the conversation starts.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think it's really valid. I think talking their language and 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 seeing, g- giving them data and results that then give you credibility um, is is absolutely key. Spot on. Now, maybe just to close. Then, I mean, I think as you have said, you've you've been in different roles through your your TA career. For for other TA leaders listening to, to the podcast, any advice, any insights that you, you know, live and breathe or or you would give to others listening?
1: Um the, the main insight, especially if you get into that sort of TA leader role, you're going to be obviously interacting with senior management and the board. And everything yeah. I've just said about a recruiter or a TA business partner is reflected in exactly what you need to do as a leader, but you need to take it up a notch. Um yeah learnings i've had fairly recently and look i came to nortel just over a year ago and it feels like I've been here longer because i've crammed a lot in that time but i've learned a lot mm-hmm. uh, and what i've learned here especially i've got a big team right? i've got a team of nearly 50 across um sort of 12 13 locations but i've learned here that you you can't do it all yourself right i'm not control freak far from it but actually you need to make sure and i would say Any TA leader should be able to communicate with the board and senior stakeholders, especially if you're doing everything I've just talked about. But the bit we sometimes forget is we end up in the weeds because the capability in the structure that's reporting into us is not strong enough. So if I was going to offer one sound bit of advice is make sure you've got that capability strong so that you're able to do what you need to do because without that strong capability... Your leadership team and you are constantly being dragged below the waves. That for me is that's, that's, I know that's not completely linked to commercial and revenue driven, but if you do that, you can then do all the rest of the stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah, spot on. Otherwise, you do become that reactive. You know ta function again and you're, you're you know you're never proactive
1: All the time even when you fix it there's always someone running to you with with a complaint or an escalation or something but yeah. if you can strengthen that up then it, it makes the world a difference mm-hmm.
0: good excellent super insights dan i mean i think the things that, that kind of stood out for me i really liked the, the outside in piece you know and, and and talking the business's language leading with facts you know setting the ambitious targets and really pushing the boundaries of what has been the norm you know, but also then what is the acceptable level going forward and, and also the insights you just gave. So, excellent. Thanks again for, for your time, Dan. Really appreciate you being being on the, the podcast. Um, And also thanks to the listeners. Hope you've enjoyed the episode. If there's any feedback on other topics you would like to hear, then please let me know. But thanks again, Dan. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, Gavin. Appreciate it. No worries. Take care.